I love hearing stories like that. I think after a video like that with Stu, we got to give a big shout out to Drive-In Church today. Everybody joining us outside. Everybody watching online. Welcome Mishawaka and our St. Pete campus. We're glad to have everybody joining today. That story celebrates something really important to us here at Crossroads. We have three values that we operate on. We connect people with God, we celebrate the change, we contribute to the community. And the reason we contribute to the community is because it enables us to use the gifts and abilities that God has given us to stay on mission and to connect more people with him. And what I think you see from Stu's story is that when you serve, when you use the gifts and abilities that God has given you just to serve others, it brings an awakening. You live life to the fullest. You connect with others in a, in a deeper and more meaningful way. And I just want to encourage you all, every single one of you, if you're here uh, live and in person, dive in. Start getting re-involved in ministry. If you're watching online, join us at our campuses, get involved. This is how you live life to the fullest and engage fully in that purpose and that plan that God has called you to. I'll be really honest with you. We have an amazing opportunity coming up this Saturday at our Goshen campus. Uh, the Easter extravaganza is coming up. And a lot of people here at Crossroads, their first step into serving is through these big events. And we need more volunteers. There's going to be a lot of people on our campus here next Sunday. If that's a way you would like to get plugged in, go see Ashley in the lobby here at the Goshen campus on the way out. You can sign up online at the Easter Extravaganza tab. There are ways to get plugged in, first steps where you can use your gifts and abilities to help connect people with others and help take your next step in faith and, and just come fully alive. It really is an important part of the process, and it's how we lead. And that's what the whole point of this series, Mighty Hero, has been about. It's been helping us navigate leadership and recognize how we live fully into the life that God has called us to. And I think the realization over these last four weeks as, as we have unpacked the life of Gideon is the realization that the most significant thing that I can bring to the table is not, you know, my super talent or my amazing gifts. The most significant thing that I can bring to the table when it comes to me and my relationship with God and living into the calling that he's placed on my life, the most important thing that I can bring to the table is simple obedience. Because God calls us to lead with confidence, with courage. He calls us to live lives that are compelling, to be credible. And that's what we've seen all throughout the life of Gideon. And it starts with simple steps of obedience, and that's how it continues. It starts by being willing to be obedient, to step out of the comfort zone, right? And, and get out of where I'm comfortable and go to the place that God's calling me to. I believe with all my heart that God is calling us places in our lives, in our journey with him, that we will never experience if we're not willing to step out of the comfort zone. I think that's the first step of obedience for us. It's being confident in who God is and who he's calling me to be. Recognizing I don't label myself by all of my fears or all my insecurities. No, I see myself the way God sees me. I'm a mighty hero. He has a huge purpose and a huge plan for me, but I've got to be willing to step out of my comfort zone and live into that life. It's also being willing to act with courage, realizing that when I step out in obedience, this might cost me something. In the life of Gideon, he was called to knock down the, the idol to Baal in his father's house. A false god, the Israelites had turned away from God, and now they were serving the prophet or the idol Baal. And Gideon had to make a choice. He had to choose to be obedient, to step out of his comfort zone, to do something that might actually cost him something. And he did it. God was faithful 
He led with courage, and God showed up. And so what we see is that because he showed up, he became a compelling leader because people realized Gideon was stepping out in faith. God was showing up. All of a sudden, he's a guy that they want to follow. They want to be a part of what is happening in, through, and around Gideon. And over time, when God begins to move, last week we talked about this mighty victory that Gideon had over the Midianites. God showed up. He did something spectacular. And when people see you stepping out in obedience, taking risks, doing those things that make your palms sweaty, where you need God to show up, it just raises your credibility as a leader. You become compelling. They, they want to follow you because that light of Jesus is shining bright. They see Jesus working and moving through you, and you're experiencing things that are only possible because God is there, and, and God is faithful. And I want to challenge you today to live in such a way where your obedience is the marker of your life, where it's simple daily obedience is what you are striving for, because that is what God calls us to. You don't have to have super gifts, super talents. You just have to be obedient. Daily obedience, day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, leads to a lifetime of faithfulness. And that's what we're wrapping up today with, is this concept of consistency. We're talking about the consistent leader. And I would submit to you today that consistency is critical if you are going to leave a legacy that matters. I mean, that's what it's all about, that faithful life, that consistent leader who has been constant, who has just persisted, and who has led a life of obedience to God. There, there is nothing that compares to that. I, I would contend with you today, my greatest heroes are the people who I've seen live that faithful life and they have finished the race, and they have fought the good fight, and they have ended well. There's something that speaks life in those moments where you see a faithful leader because that, it, it breathes life into people. It inspires people. A life of influence creates all kinds of impact for the kingdom and for eternity when you can look back at your life and realize, I was faithful, I was obedient, I was consistent. There is power that comes from simple obedience day after day after day. And we can all be that consistent leader, that faithful person that follows Jesus day by day. But it's difficult. It's a daily grind. It's a daily process. And you have to stay focused. And here's what we learned from Gideon. We've looked at some amazing principles from the life of Gideon. And we've realized he did some extraordinary things. But honestly, what pains me about the story of Gideon is that the life of Gideon has a tragic ending. And it's because he failed to be consistent. And so when we talk about legacy, when we talk about making sure that what we leave to the next generation is that lifestyle of faithfulness, it's really, really important to learn from Gideon and to focus on being a consistent leader. So the question today is, how do you want your life to be labeled? What's it going to be about? What's that going to look like to the people who follow you? What legacy is going to be left behind? That's a really important question that we need to grapple with because that affects our daily choices. And it all rests on simple daily obedience. I want to dive into the story of Gideon today. We pick up after he has this extraordinary victory over the Midianites where God showed up and defeated thousands and thousands and thousands of Midianites with 300 men uh, with torches and jars. That's a pretty significant battle and a significant victory. It says, then the Israelites said to Gideon, be our ruler. You and your son and your grandson will be our rulers, for you have rescued us from Midian. But Gideon replied, I will not rule over you, nor will my son. 
the Lord will rule over you. This is important. This is Gideon staying on focus because at this point, the Israelites were ruled by God himself. It was a theocracy. God ruled, God judged, God led the Israelites. They had no king. So when they say, Gideon, be our ruler, that's actually not what God wanted, and Gideon is being obedient in this moment. It's a significant step in the right direction for Gideon. However, there's a trap here. He says, I do have one request, just one, one small thing, that each of you give me an earring from plunder you collected from your fallen enemies. The enemies, being Ishmaelites, all wore gold earrings. So it's kind of a, oh, not asking for a lot, but kind of asking for a lot. So here's what happens. Gladly, they replied, they spread out a cloak, and each one threw in a gold earring he had gathered from the plunder. The weight of the gold earrings was 43 pounds. That's a pretty solid payday, I'm not going to lie to you. 43 pounds of gold, not including the royal ornaments and pendants, the purple clothing worn by the kings of Midian, or the chains around the necks of the camels. Don't forget about the chains around the necks of the camels. They're very important, very significant. I have no idea how significant they are, but the chains were kind of a big deal, apparently. Now... This is important. Gideon, in this moment, has arrived. He is officially, by all standards, the mighty hero. Now think about that for a second. He started out full of fear, full of insecurity. He's, we, we find Gideon at the beginning of the story, threshing wheat in a wine press. He's hiding. He's just trying to create enough food to get him through the next week, just to stay alive. He's trying to survive not a mighty hero, but because of his obedience, because of his faithfulness, because of his willingness to be confident and courageous and, and be the person God called him to be, he lives into that purpose. He lives into that plan that God had for him. And in this moment, everyone is recognizing Gideon is the mighty hero. We want him to be our ruler. We're giving him all of our plunder. 43 pounds of gold, you got it, Gideon, no problem. He has arrived. And that's the trap. That's the trap that we have to be mindful of. It's the trap that we have to be wary of in our lives. You can never fall into that trap of thinking that you have arrived because that's when it starts to unravel. That's when you start thinking more highly of yourself than you ought to. Pride, it always goes before a fall. And that's what happened in the life of Gideon. It says this, Gideon made a sacred ephod from the gold and put it in Ophrah, his hometown. But soon all the Israelites prostituted themselves by worshiping it, and it became a trap for Gideon and his family. Now, again, all of this started with good intentions. When it says Gideon made an ephod, an ephod is a, a priestly garment. It was like a vest that the priests wore, and it could discern the will of God. It was something that God told them to design. He told them how to design it, and it was something very sacred because it was something where they could seek out the will of God for their lives. A very important concept, and Gideon still focused on the will of God and, and, and discerning his voice for them. But what you see is over time, the ephod, which was meant to communicate with God, becomes the idol that they worship instead of worshiping God. They, they, they lost focus. They got off track. And so when it says they prostituted themselves, it means they were worshiping the wrong God. They sold out to the wrong thing. They were worshiping the wrong idol. And so their hearts began to stray from God. 
And so what you see in the life of Gideon is three traps. And I want to identify these today because these are really, really important if we're going to learn from the life of Gideon and successfully have lives that are consistent that leave a legacy behind. And so it's really important. We have three traps. Trap number one. Here we go. It's a trap. (laughs) He let his guard down. (laughs) Thank you, Admiral Akbar from Star Wars, if no one knew. Okay. (laughs) Trap number one. He let his guard down. Let's say that together now. He let his guard down. Ah! You have such a great experience with Jesus. Have you been there? I would hope that if you're joining us today, if you're here in this room, I hope that you've encountered Jesus. I hope that you can say, man, I've encountered Jesus. His love has changed my life. If you haven't, I want you to know today, you are dearly and deeply loved by God. (laughs) God loves you, and there is nothing that you can do about it. He loves you so much. And when you encounter that love, when you ask him to come into your heart to forgive you, to make you new, he changes your life. He forgives you. You walk in freedom. Everything changes. Jesus is the answer to where I come from. He's the answer to my purpose in life. He's the answer to my destiny. Jesus changes everything. And yet, a lot of times we can encounter Jesus. We can have this unbelievable mountaintop experience where I feel the presence of God in my life. I get so excited recognizing that he's here. I can be engaged in his presence and then I can drift away from that moment, and suddenly, it's in, it's in the background. It's in the rearview mirror. And you feel like, I've, I've had this moment, I've arrived. And you let your guard down, and you start becoming indifferent. You become starting apathetic. You start becoming apathetic. Uh, things aren't as important as they used to be. You're, you're just not as in tune to what God is speaking to your life because you let your pride seep in, and you let your guard down. And suddenly, things aren't quite as great as they used to be. Can I give you a very personal example? Uh, For the last decade of my life, I've been eating Subway subs probably for at least two lunches a week. I just need you to know that about me. Um, I'm I'm not ashamed of that. I'm just admitting that. I'm having a vulnerable moment. Uh, And for 10 years, the sandwich of choice has been a sub club on... Monterey cheddar bread. Oh, it's so delicious and very healthy because I do the value meal with the drink and two cookies. So I don't eat the <laughs> chips. I don't eat the chips, okay? It's important. It's important that you know that. Got to be disciplined. So, I mean, my routine is I go in, sub club Monterey cheddar, American cheese. That is it because I'm a patriot. That's what I always say. And I just have fun with that. Um, And that's all I get on it, because I'm a little kid. I don't like vegetables. I don't like anything. I just want the cheese, and that is it. And then we're good to go. Well, I walked into Subway a couple months ago, and I'm just ordering. I mean, they all know me. Like, hey, Sub Club, that's me. Except this time, it's, hey, we don't have the Sub Club anymore. I said, what? What are you talking about? You don't have the Sub Club. (laughs) I'll take the Sub Club. No, seriously, we don't have roast beef anymore. I'm like, what? You're a sandwich shop. You have to have roast beef. What is happening? Had a total meltdown. Well, I'll just take the ham. I'll take that on Monterey cheddar. We don't have Monterey cheddar bread anymore. What? (laughs) I'm losing it. What is happening right now? I'm having to figure out the whole new routine, figure out a different sandwich that I like. I get to the end. I'm checking out. I'm like, I'll take a drink and two cookies. They're like, we're out of cookies today. I'm going, this can't be real. (laughs) 
And everybody knows I'm a pastor, so I can't really respond the way I want to. <laughs> so I went through this whole process of trying to figure out what other sandwich I like at Subway. And I settled on the bacon chicken ranch. Oh, what a delicious sandwich. If you weren't hungry before, you're going to be hungry after this. Uh, grilled chicken covered with shredded cheese now and bacon put in the toaster. They bring it out. I'm going, oh, that looks amazing. And I always say, I'll take some barbecue sauce on top of that, and I'm good to go. It's fantastic. Very simple, delicious. I got into a new routine. Two months of order the bacon chicken ranch. I get the Subway this week. I get to the end of my order. She pulls it out of the toaster. It's perfect. I'm going, oh, I'll just take a little bit of barbecue sauce, and I'm good to go. She says, we don't have barbecue sauce anymore. <laughs> what is happening right now? I'm here to endorse Jimmy John's today. That's what I'm here to do. <laughs> Freaky fast. <laughs> uh, it's the downward spiral, spiral of Subway. They're letting their guard down. No roast beef. What's wrong with you people? <sighs> the slow decline. That's how it begins. <laughs> you let your guard down. And I mean, on a much more serious note, Man, your spiritual life, you have to stay focused. Don't allow yourself to become indifferent to what God is doing, to become lazy. You have to stay laser focused on, on the daily obedience, the daily journey, the daily relationship with Jesus. I mean, the goal is that every single day I'm drawing closer to Jesus. It doesn't mean every day is perfect. It's really, in reality, the Christian life is about two steps forward, one step back. Two steps forward, one step Two steps forward, four steps back. Okay, three steps forward. It's, it's kind of messy sometimes. And yet, the trajectory of your life needs to be that you are growing in your relationship with Jesus. You're becoming more like him. And Gideon lost focus. He, he let his guard down. And that set him on a terrible trajectory. It says that is the story of how the people of Israel defeated Midian, which never recovered. Throughout the rest of Gideon's lifetime, about 40 years, there was peace in the land. So now you're saying, well, Tim, what are you talking about? Gideon ruled for 40 years. There was peace in the land. He did great, except that the highlight of his life started getting farther and farther and farther in the rearview mirror. Forty years went by since anything had happened that mentioned anything of God working and moving in a great and mighty way. That doesn't happen overnight. That's a daily process where you let your guard down and suddenly you realize the best moment I ever had with Jesus was 40 years ago. And that's not where God wants you to live. That's not consistency. That's not the life that's going to leave a legacy that matters. That's not how you pass that legacy of faith on to the next generation. Your relationship with God, it has to be active. It has to be alive. And you've, it, it takes work. And so we see that Gideon fell into another trap. Trap number two. It's a trap. <sighs> the slow leak. Trap number two. The slow. Everybody say that. The slow leak. What are we talking about? It's the slow leak of character. It's character. It's who he is. It's the daily obedience. It's that desire to seek out the voice of God. It's that daily desire to experience the presence of God. 
What happens is when, when we stop working on our character, if, if we're not strengthening our character, our character is weakening. Same thing in our relationship with Jesus. If my character, if my relationship with Jesus is not growing, it's not getting stronger, it's getting weaker. And over time, day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, if you're just experiencing the slow leak, it's like a leaky tire. Pretty soon your tire gets flat and you're not sure when it happened, but man, you got to that, that place where it's not like it used to be. Things are not functioning the way they're supposed to. And you have to avoid that, that leak of character in your life. Because if you're not careful, you'll look back and 40 years ago, it was, it was when you had your closest moment with Jesus. Think about 40 years ago. It's 2021, 1981. You want to know what the best movie in America was? Number one movie, 1981. Any guesses? Here we go. Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Boom. That's a great movie. That's fantastic. I think the number one TV show that year was Dallas. Anybody remember Dallas? Magnum P.I. was up there. You're, I mean, we're talking about some major, the original Magnum P.I., by the way. That's much better than whatever's out right now. Um, yeah, the Jeffersons, that was also a big one. I just want you to know that's where we're at, 1981. That's the year MTV started on television. I don't know if that's even a thing anymore, uh, but MTV started. Uh, and there were some great songs. I, I think Jesse's Girl was number one, number one for a while there. Endless Love, oh, it's so romantic. Keep on loving you, Ario Speedwagon. This is the reality of 40 years ago, okay? That's, that's 40 years ago. Some of you are like, what are you talking about? What are these strange words you're saying? Yeah. We're old. <laughs> that's 40 years, right? Gideon reigned for 40 years, there's peace in the land, and for those 40 years, there's really no mention whatsoever of him having another great moment experiencing the presence of God in his life. Just, I mean, just stop and consider the reality of that the slow leak. It did not happen overnight. But Gideon stopped being that obedient person that he was at the beginning. He stopped being the leader that God had called him to. And it made a difference over time. He, he fell into another trap. It says in verse 29, then Gideon, son of Joash, after 40 years of peace, uh, returned home. And this is what those 40 years looked like. He had 70 sons born to him, for he had many wives. He also had a concubine in Shechem who gave birth to a son whom he named Abimelech. Gideon died when he was very old, and he was buried in the grave of his father, Joash, at Ophrah, in the land of the clan of Abiezer. For 40 years, Gideon ruled the Israelites, and the only thing they mention is he had 70 sons. Holy smoke. Talk about endless love. And uh, <laughs> Keep on loving you. 70 times. <laughs> uh. There's so many things to say here. Um, first of which is that's not what uh, God intended for us to experience in life. I just need you to know that. <laughs> Uh, back in the Old Testament, when you were a leader of a, of a country, that was how you uh, formed treaties and alliances with other people. They'd give you someone like their daughter as a, as a wife for marriage, and this became another trap for Gideon. He, he just fell into a completely different trap. And so trap number three, it's a trap! And that's the last time we'll hear from Admiral Akbar. <laughs> he lost focus. You see what we're doing there? You lose focus. He lost focus. He became distracted by everything that was going on in life. 
his relationship with God, what God had done, all the extraordinary things he had experienced, they hit the background. And over time, they were farther and farther and farther in the past. And so before you realize it, there's a whole new generation of people that have come up that never experienced the great mighty work of God, never witnessed it themselves. All they saw was a leader of Israel that had a bunch of wives and 70 sons, and there wasn't really anything more to it than that. And so you realize that when he lost focus, man, it, it took the trajectory away from becoming who God wanted him to be. And as a leader, it took the focus of everyone in Israel off of what God had done. It's a slow leak. You let your guard down. You lose focus. Those are the traps that we fall into that keep us from being consistent leaders. I mean, you have to really stay laser-focused on the daily obedience, the daily discipline of just following Jesus, never, never forgetting just the sheer beauty of being willing to step out of your comfort zone when God speaks to you, of doing something that's going to cost you something, being courageous, of doing something that makes your palms sweaty, stepping out in faith, recognizing that God is with you and your relationship with him is growing. Simple obedience, day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, there's nothing that compares to that. That leads to a life of faithfulness, the life of a consistent leader, and that's the life that changes generations. It says, as soon as Gideon died, the Israelites prostituted themselves by worshiping the images of Baal, making Baal beareth their God, the very idol that Gideon began his career knocking down, tearing down, saying, we can't serve this idol anymore. We've got to start serving God. The moment he dies, Baal's idol gets put back up, and that's who they begin to worship. They forgot the Lord their God who had rescued them from all their enemies surrounding them. Nor did they show any loyalty to the family of Jeroboam, that is Gideon, despite all the good he had done for Israel. I mean, this is Gideon's legacy. That's how it ends for him. And it's all because of the fact that he let his guard down. There was the slow leak of character. He lost focus. You guys, there is power in consistency. And I want to say this again. You don't have to be super gifted. You don't have to be super talented. You don't have to have some incredible story. All God asks for you is simple daily obedience. That's where it starts, and that's where, it's, that's where it ends. And I want to challenge you today with the reality that consistency, if you're willing to put that into practice in your life, it creates inspiration. Other people see Jesus moving, working, and alive in you, and it inspires them to become more like Jesus. Your light is shining bright. They want what you have. It comes from daily Obedience, continually pursuing that relationship with Jesus. Consistency creates influence. You talk about being a leader, daily obedience to Jesus, being committed to becoming more like him will increase your influence. You will become a leader just because of your commitment to Jesus. Again, people see that light shining in you. They see that you are making a difference, that you have character, that you have grit, that something is changing in your life. You will create influence in your life by being consistent. The final piece is consistency creates impact. I mean, you want to leave a legacy that matters, that has eternal value? Man, circle this idea of consistency in your life and make it a point that, man, I want to be found faithful. 
I don't want to fall into the trap of letting my guard down, feeling like I've arrived, that I've got nothing left to learn. No. I don't want to fall into the trap of having that slow leak of character daily, just walking farther away from Jesus and missing out on what he's called me to do. No. Every day I want to draw closer to Jesus. I want to experience him each and every day, moving and working. That's simple daily obedience, continually pursuing Jesus. It's me committing. I'm not going to lose focus. I'm going to keep my eyes fixed on Jesus. I'm going to finish this race. I'm going to fight the good fight. There's something beautiful about the consistent leader, that person who simply chooses to obey each and every day. I challenge you today that that's where it begins and that's where it ends. Daily saying, Jesus, I'm deciding to follow you today. Whatever you're speaking into my life, I'm going to be confident in who I am, who you see me as. I'm not all my greatest fears. I'm not defined by insecurities. I'm a mighty hero. I'm dearly and deeply loved by God. I'm his child. I'm his prized possession. He has a purpose and he has a plan for me. It's daily stepping out in obedience out of your comfort zone. Being willing to do those things that cost you something. Being willing to step out in faith when you need God to show up. Your palms are sweaty. You're scared to death. Those are the moments where God shines. Those are the moments where your legacy continues to grow as people see Jesus moving and working in you. And I just want to encourage you today. You're not sure where you're at in that scale. You feel like you've bobbled the ball and maybe your best days with Jesus, you're realizing they're pretty far in the rearview mirror. Okay. Well, start now. Start now, which is by being obedient. Do what God's asking you to do and, and draw close to Jesus. Reignite that fire, stay focused, and daily commit to just being obedient and drawing close to Jesus. That's how consistency begins. That's how it ends. Just follow Jesus every day. Would you bow your head and close your eyes with me as we come to a close today? I just ask you this. Just think about this. How do you want your life to be labeled? With your heads bowed and eyes closed, as you're just drawing close to Jesus in this moment. Would you answer that question, talking to Jesus? How do you want your life to be labeled? What is that legacy that you want to leave behind? What steps do you need to take to just become that consistent leader? Where is God asking you to obey? I want to encourage you today with that final thought one more time. God doesn't ask you to be the most gifted, super talented person in the world. No, he just asks you to be obedient. That's where it starts. That's where it ends. That's how you begin leaving that legacy that lasts for an eternity. Jesus, we thank you today for who you are, for the incredible love that you have for us. And God, I just ask that you would help us to be confident in who we are in your sight. God, you have labeled us mighty heroes. We are dearly and deeply loved by you. And God, I just ask that you would give us the courage to step out in faith, to be obedient to what it is that you call us to do, to, you, to who you call us to be. God, may these daily choices, these daily acts of obedience spark a daily relationship with you where we realize that, you know, in just a few days, a few weeks, a few months, we find out, we realize we're closer to you, Jesus, than we've ever been in this moment. And we're seeing you move and work in ways that we never would have imagined possible. May that be the legacy we leave behind, a legacy of faith to the next generation. God, we love you. We praise you. We thank you today. We pray this in your name. Amen.